The idea of this podcast is simple, discipleship. We want to bring the gospel message about how to interact with your coworkers, your culture, your friends, everyone around you in a biblical way, which is, in essence, discipleship. What did Jesus do when he came to this earth? He took the devil's stuff. The Bible actually teaches that the world is becoming increasingly covered with the knowledge of the glory of God. That should change everything in the mind of a Christian. Instead of thinking about all the ways society is failing, we should think about all the ways society must be, as Psalm 1101 tells us, put underneath the feet of Jesus in victory. The Rebel Alliance Podcast. We would be honored if you would join us. Welcome back to the Rebel Podcast. Pooty and Peanate here together once again. <laughs> you, that was, you look really passionate about that. That was my most dramatic. I'm super tired. It's like you're um, auditioning for something. Are you auditioning for a more popular podcast? I don't know. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes, right. I am. I'm trying to get myself on Cross Politic. I'm not smart enough for Cross Politic. I'm trying to get myself on the Happy Rant. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I see what you did there. Well played. <laughs> You'd fit in great there. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> okay, um, yeah, we are the Rebels, and this is uh, Rebel Alliance Media, the Rebel Podcast on the Rebel Alliance Media. Um, for lots of other shows, uh, the Podcast for Cultural Reformation is off their break, back in with Season 3, Awakening Reformation, Fathers of Faith is coming back. Um, the ARP Podcast? The ARP Podcast. I really uh, like it. Awakening Reformation Podcast. Um, yeah, so we got lots of stuff going on. Visit rebelalliancemedia.com or visit patreon.com slash rebelalliance if you want to support the show and give back to the show. Uh, thank you for listening. Thanks for being here. That's all I got. Let's jump into a little bit of rebel news and then we have um, some election conversation. And uh, if you want, like, as Chris just pointed out, intelligent U.S. election conversation, go listen to Cross Politic. But if you want mind-numbing Canadian politics, uh, you, you're on the right show. Yeah, our, we're actually farther. If you're in the states, we're actually farther left than definitely. Ever. Yeah, so not us, but I mean, like, um, in Canada politics has gone so much further down the rabbit hole than the American side. Although, um, although I will say that the 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 current uh, nomination battle for the the Democratic nomination uh, is pretty insane. I I still kind of feel like the person who wins that hasn't actually emerged yet. No, I like. Well, it, we'll get into that. We'll get into all I'm kinds sorry. of politic conversations. We'll talk about poli- the American politics next year. Yeah. Okay. Fair. Well, we'll ta- yeah. Anyway, <laughs> um, a little bit of rebel news. This one I thought was interesting. So, anytime a CNN article can just be uh, cut and paste into a Babylon B article, <laughs> you know, real life is uh, is reached a low point. So, this is CNN headline. I'm just going to read the headline because the uh, the actual article would just make you angry, Chris. <laughs> this is the CNN headline tweet. A same-sex penguin couple will raise an adopted genderless chick for the first time, London Aquarium has announced. The four-month-old Gentu, is it Gentu or Gentu? Sure. Whatever. Penguin chick will not be named or characterized as male or female, Sea Life London said. So there is a same-sex penguin couple who is raising an adopted genderless chicken for the first time. Are you sure you're not reading like a Disney headline? Because I feel like that's like the next kids movie that's coming yeah, out. Maybe. Like, but 
So this is an actual CNN article, and they're talking about how uh, this this uh, particular uh, aquarium, like, um, is is essentially uh, allowing their animal exhibits to display real life culture. I find this hilarious. So what they mean by a same sex penguin couple is a penguin couple that are both males who um, are put in the same ecosystem together with a penguin that's clearly not theirs because guess what? They're both men or male penguins. So all they've done is they've enclosed these animals in together. That doesn't make them a family. It doesn't make them a couple and it doesn't make this an adopted child. We're playing games here, both with language and with the animal kingdom. And it's ridiculous. So now we even have, and this is, this kind of goes back to a point we make often. There is no neutrality, but more and more the veneer of neutrality is coming off, right? So it used to be that sports, and this is why our culture wasn't always so divided. It used to be that sports and movies were a place of escape where even though there was worldviews and there was, you know, uh, people, there was no neutrality. The, there was at least the veneer of neutrality. So yes, a movie maker was trying to say something, but they were doing it subtly and intelligently. Now you have Disney wagging their you know flags, um, the rainbow flags, and everybody has to say where they stand in, in cultural issues. And so now movies are polarizing, sports are polarizing, right? You're either on Drew Brees' side or um, what's the other guy, Neil, during the anthem? Uh Kaepernick, 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 Colin yeah. Kaepernick. Colin Kaepernick's side, Thanks, right? Dave. So you, more and more the veneer of neutrality is coming off and it's only f- furthering to further divide our, our culture. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think, I think it's, I think you made a really good point. Like this is, this is us playing games because yeah. it, these penguins aren't actually gay. Like right. they're, they're just, <laughs> they're just like, okay. You're hanging, you're hanging out together. Um, right. The I can't wait for the headline that we know is going to come two years from now, where it's like same-sex couple uh, penguins in trouble as male penguin kills the other male penguin for dominance in their right. in their kingdom <laughs> right. because that's the animal kingdom. Um, I find I find I find it unbelievable. Like <laughs> the the cognitive distance of our of our culture. Animals tell us the the way these all these things work. If it was a natural thing for the LGBT community, you would see all of the other animal species exhibiting this. Right. Because that's just how it would work. But this is yep. not a thing that happens because people, animals are like, they they think without stupidity, basically. They're just, they're just instinctual, in, instinctual creatures. And what do they know? Well, they know this part goes here and that makes me pro- procreate. They have two overwhelming desires in their life to create new life and to continue their own, those are like, right. and the LGBT community, like if they get their way and all of us become dissexual or whatever that digital one is, or ecosexual, <laughs> all all we do is we simply stop to exist, yeah, because we stop producing. Yeah, there was actually there was a trailer that was put out a number of years ago by an LGBT activist group, and it was uh, it was basically trying to reverse the roles. So it was actually showing a young girl who was struggling with opposite sex attraction, right? So she, she, and, and so her parents were trying to tell her, we still love you. It's okay. And she was called a breeder, 
by uh, by the kids at school. Like that was like the derogatory term. So it was trying to like reverse the tables and like what if straight was the new gay and, and suddenly you were segregated for who you are. And it was interesting because there was uh, it, it, the, the trailer, the little movie, short movie or whatever started with a sort of summary statement about how everybody in this fantasy world, in this future world, were all gay, except during one month um, time of like ne- necessary breeding or something. And it's like they had to throw that caveat in to make this believable because the reality is the human race would not exist without breeding. And so it was interesting that even within their own little fantasy world of what they were trying to accomplish by reversing the roles and making gay or straight people feel like gay people, um, they couldn't actually make it work. And there was this there was this famous airline. I can't even remember what airline it was. I'm sure you remember. And uh, and they came out. It was during um, Pride Pride Month or Pride Week or Pride whatever. And they came out with uh, like no matter no matter who you fit with like you fit with us or something like that. And that was like the headline and it showed three seat belts and it was like two male buckles, two female buckles and one male female buckle. Right. And, and they had like rainbow, rainbow, uh, like belts or whatever. But like the absurdity of that ad is guess what? Only one of those actually works. You get into an accident. You're wearing either of the buckles that have both female ends or both male ends. You die because you're not actually wearing a seatbelt. So it was just funny how even in the attempts to to kind of normalize this, you fail because it's not the way God designed the world. Yeah, amen. Um, last piece of rebel news uh, before we transition to our I'll topic. Go, I, 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 oh, I got you got one. For, so you go again, and I can. I got okay. one for you. I was just. This is just a really light one. Um, this is for mostly my people who complain about how long I preach. Um, there's, <laughs> there's a preacher named Rev Kev, Reverend Ken George, here in the London area, who um, is uh, currently, as we record this, he is attempting to break the record by preaching for 55 hours straight. So the way he's doing this is it's 55 hours. It's like a charity fundraiser thing. And uh, he's preaching for 55. He's, re, he's preaching 55, 55 minute sermons. So he's got five minutes between each sermon where he can eat, um, do whatever. But in order to maintain the record, he has to, it can't be a longer than a five minute break. 55, 55 minute sermons. So 55 hours total with 55 minutes every 60 minutes devoted to preaching. I, I have a lot of comments. <laughs> One, I like, may, maybe I just don't, under, I just, I physically don't understand how he's going to do this. We'll like, see if he does. We'll see if he does. Like, don't um, you go insane after something like 36 hours straight up awake? This is why it's torture. I don't know. Like, um, all I know. So he's a part, he's a, uh, uh, it's, he's an Anglican minister, St. A- Aidan's Anglican church in London, Ontario. Um, and uh, he's raising money for the Anova Women's Shelter, which is actually right around the house, uh, right around the street from my house, right around the corner yeah. from my house. And um, it's uh, you know it's all for a good cause and everything. Um, he's a pretty liberal pastor, so we're not in any way endorsing him or or any of these fifty five <laughs> hours worth of sermons. Um, but uh, I find I just thought it was interesting, and I wanted to throw out there that hey. Don't ever complain about me preaching for an hour when <laughs> this guy's preaching for 55. Here, a couple other comments. Rev Kev, terrible. Um, <laughs> yeah. Better terrible than Revy Kevy, which the article says Revy some people Kevy? call him. Yeah. Oh, that's awful. Yeah, it that's is. Really, I much really prefer bad. P8. <laughs> P8's fine. Yeah. Um, that's the, yeah, anyway, I was distracted by the nickname. Um, <laughs> if you were to do 55 hours, yep. 
like unless it was on postmillennialism, you'd probably <laughs> get through like I feel like you'd you know, have to try to preach chapters through the Bible. Rome. Really? No, there'd be no way. You wouldn't you wouldn't finish it in 55 hours. Well, you got to think. I'm preaching through the Bible right now. It's 52 weeks. Yeah, you're skipping huge I know. chunks. It is true. I am. Um, and that's basically an hour worth of preaching 52 weeks out of the year. And I'm trying to do like the big story. But you're right. So, like I, I did Isaiah in one week. He, like he's how did basi- that happen? He's basically preaching your year in a day. Um, or, hope, ju- or a I couple hope. years of Jude. <laughs> <laughs> Shots fired. He doesn't listen um, anyway. Yeah, you could, do, you could do like Genesis. I feel like you could preach right through Genesis or like right through the Psalms or something. 55 hours is... Anyway, Gen- Genesis, it'd be a cool one to do like... One chapter of Genesis, just back to back, boom, yeah, boom, yeah. boom, 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 boom. Um, I, I just like my, like to be very practical on this, I feel like you'll do like a good solid seven or eight hours and then it'll be just absolute crap the rest of the time. Well, I mean, he'd, he'd be like, I'm telling you and you've preached before, so you know this. It is mentally exhausting. It is physically exhausting because you carry a weight of it. Now, I don't know if he takes preaching, he holds preaching in as high a regard as, as I, I, some of us do. And I'm not saying he doesn't. I'm, that's not no, a we don't know fire. We just all. don't know. But uh, the reality is, is I think preaching takes a lot out of you when, when you, you consider the gravity of it and when it actually, you care about what you're saying and proclaiming. And I wonder how he prepared for 55, like, that yeah. is, does he have an outline for 55 hours or is he literally just going to be opening the book yeah. and just talking, talking through right, it? Yeah, Cause I, I feel like that you could probably do that. Like if you just opened the Bible and just started right. throwing out all your but thoughts, 55 hours. Well, well I, yeah. and, and yeah, of course I, I, you would think that any good preacher who loves the word of God Maybe could come up with 55 hours worth of, if they were just talking through it. But I'm just saying like, won't it get nonsensical? But like, the, yeah, exactly. Yeah, That's like, what I'm talking like about. won't it like. You know me when, like, when my small group goes past nine thirty, people recognize that I start saying some weird things because that is my bedtime, and uh, and so we stop talking theology at nine thirty because <laughs> who knows what Nate's gonna say? Uh, yeah, okay. Let's, let me What's throw, your piece here. This is actually, I think, positive. Oh, nice. Um, so Benny Hinn. Yes. So I talked I, okay. Talk to, talk to me about this because I saw some things, but I didn't read any of the articles. Did he actually well, repent? He, he, yes, basically, yes. So Costi him, um, his, his nephew who used to be in the prosperity church, reform yeah, yeah. pastor in California. We're talking about trying to get him on the podcast. We should. If anybody's listening Pub- to this. Publicly, yeah. we've now, we're now committed <laughs> to trying to get him. We were privately, we're definitely trying. Um, Somebody but, tag him in this episode. <laughs> lo- love it. Well, apparently he has gotten through. Um, to, to Benny, to Benny Hinn. And I'll just, I'll just read the headline to you. So Benny Hinn admits, admits his teaching on the pro, prosperity, on prosperity damaged a lot of people. Um, and it got way out of hand. And he basically says he admitted his teaching on prosperity, got, got out of hand, damaged a lot of people, said he wants to remaining years of his ministry to just focus on evangelism and the gospel, not health and wealth. Um, the theology that made him millions. I have a lot of questions now. Right. Um, does that Is he doing the Zacchaeus thing where he's paying everything back? That's what I want to know. Here's the thing. And this is what we said about Justin Bieber. Any updates on the Biebs? I know he's still, he's still trying to live, his, live the Christian life. Apparently. Nice. Yeah. Um, but this is what we said. I think as Christians, our, our, first, our first reaction should, should be one of reserved optimism. Right. We should we should never be so cynical as to think that, oh, there's no way because Benny Hinn is beyond God's grace. Right. None of us believe that Paul. Right. Was a terrorist. Right. He he persecuted the church. He was killing Christians, putting them to death, a, a zealous Jew and a zealous persecutor of the church. And God saved him. 
right? And I think we have to believe that God's grace is powerful enough to break through. The story of Zacchaeus is in the Bible for a reason. God's sovereign election found Zacchaeus, even though Zacchaeus was not only a wee little man, but but a a man with uh, who is very very far from God. And so I think. We ought to respond to these. And I've seen some people who have posted this and say, like, here's hoping, like, I hope it's real. I've also seen some Christians who posted it with a sort of, like, cynical, meh, like, sure, like, show me, right? And fair enough. I I get that we can't just take it all at, at face value. He has done a lot of damage to the kingdom, absolutely. But I think we have to believe God's grace is powerful enough to save Benny Hinn. And therefore, I think it's our Christian duty to have, even if it's reserved, some level of optimism, some level of hope here. Yeah, I, I've, I have some of the things he said in the online, like I didn't watch it, I've, I've yeah, just yeah. read about it, give me hope. And then a few other things make me still wonder a little bit. Um, he said uh, he's um, been dealing with it for about two years, realizing that he's been looking at like teaching people about like wealth and prosperity and then realizing how much it damages them when it doesn't happen. Mm. Um, and then he's like, I'm correcting my own theology. I need you all to know it. The blessings of God are not for sale. Miracles are not for sale. Prosperity is not for sale. And I'm so I'm like the open rejection of that makes me pause it, like gives me hope. Mm. Um, Interesting. The, the thing that gives me less hope um, is that his nephew, I actually, I just found this article. So update um, basically said he's encouraged but he calls for genuine repentance, which would imply that maybe it's not like full on right. understanding. He might be doing it for politically. I don't know. Right. Um, I just think it's very interesting. He, he went on to say he, when he looks in the Bible today, he doesn't see the teaching that he saw before. Interesting. And that, that to me just is right. very interesting because I don't see prosperity teaching when I look in the Bible. So, cause right. it's not, not there. there. <laughs> um, so I just think it's very interesting. And I think, I think it's one of those things where we don't, we won't know. And we won't know until, Basically, we're in the kingdom. Um, but it's interesting to think of like somebody like this mm-hmm. who would maybe, maybe he has repented and would start using that massive wealth that he's stolen, basically. Well, and I think that's the point is, um, you know, Zacchaeus wasn't saved by his paying back um, all the money that he had taken and defrauded. Um, but he was saved by God's grace and the fruit of it was the fact that he was willing to pay back and the good works that he did. So, you know, we'll see what happens from this. You tell a tree by its fruit, Jesus says. And so let's see the fruit of repentance now. Um, but let's hope that it's there. Let's pray because even if this is, um, you know, half measure, um, that doesn't, that maybe indicates that whether or not there's, and we, we recognize this salvation is God's work. Um, but maybe he does have the ear of his nephew. Maybe he does have the ear of somebody who's influencing him. And let's let's pray that that continues to happen. And even if it's not real repentance yet, let's pray that it will be. So, yeah, amen. Um, okay, we want to transition into talking a little bit about. Um, so, uh, on the day that we're recording this, and we're recording a little bit ahead of uh, release schedule, um, the the Canadian, the forty third. Canadian federal election has been called. So Justin Trudeau went out and uh, and called the election. We're about to have an election. We're going to have an election. And uh, Canadian politics is interesting. So we'll talk a little bit about Canadian politics just because we are Canadian. We recognize we have a lot of American listeners, so we'll sprinkle in some American stuff as well. Um, but talking about the election isn't just going to be a political discussion because we just want to kind of talk about kind of what's going on, orient some people. I think politics matter. Um, but we want to kind of move this, this conversation into what... 
what importance should Christians actually place on politics? And I think um, hopefully that's where this conversation will go for a little bit. Um, so um, part of this actually started because, um, or part of my interest in this year's election, not only because it just got called today, um, but for American listeners, we have more than just two parties. <laughs> I know you do too, but we have more than two legitimate parties. Um, so we have the, uh, the the liberals and the and the conservatives. Um, pretty straightforward. <laughs> pretty straightforward. We have the NDP, which is the New Democratic Party, who are even further left than uh, the Liberal Party. Yeah, I think it helps if you if we put them on the scales. Like so. The conservatives would be like our mid-right party, but they're really like left Mid-left, for you guys. Yeah. But um, but for sake of what we're talking about, they would be our right party. Yeah. Um, the liberals would be our left party. The NDP, NDP would be like further a further left. left party. Yeah. And, and then, then uh, and then there's the Green Party, which was kind of um, right the Green. They're like a. They're so left. Their circle. <laughs> yeah. Well, in, yeah. So Elizabeth May is the the leader. I think she's the only one with a seat right now in Parliament, um, uh, federally. But uh, um, there's the Green Party who are kind of similar to the NDP. They kind of started as a as just an environmentalist party, but they they have a wide range of uh, policies now. Um, and then you would have the People's Party of Canada, um, which is a newer party, um, which is sort of uh, a more libertarian, kind of a little bit further right than the conservatives, but come with very questionable leadership. <laughs> um, so there's that. Um, and then, you know, anybody else, there's the Libertarian Party, there's the Christian parties, and none of them ever win seats. Yeah, right? I, th- I think the, like those would be like the equivalent of like the independence in, in the States. Yeah, right. Who never um, really win, but... Which- they're there. A couple hundred people might vote for them, but they're they're not actually right. there at all. So this kind of started when our sound guy Dave uh, uh, Wetsy, as we call him, um, he sent me an article about Elizabeth May, who's the leader of the Green Party. She had an interview on um, a kind of well-known uh, political. Uh, um, it's called uh, Power and Politics. It's a CBC News network devoted to politics, and they had uh, a leader's interview with with Elizabeth May. And she talked about, um, you know, she believes in uh, a woman's uh, a woman's right to safe legal abortion. Um, But then she said that she wouldn't stop. And I think this was a shot at Trudeau. She said she wouldn't um, force any of the people in her party to share her views. And then she even went on to say she wouldn't stop anybody in her party from reopening the abortion debate. Which I thought was really interesting because I think her point was essentially, you know, Trudeau has silenced non-abortion believers in his party, even fired them. And so I think that was a shot at Trudeau. Like, mm. And her line, which I thought was really interesting, she basically said, I could talk to them. I could try to dissuade them. I could say that it would be unfortunate, but I don't have the power as the leader of the Green Party to whip votes, nor do I have the power to silence an MP nor their constituents. And frankly, I think that's a good thing because democracy will be healthier when constituents know their MPs work for them and not for their party leader. I thought that was actually really good. But then what was interesting is that within hours of May's um, remarks becoming public, the Green Party issued a statement insisting that there is, quote, zero chance of an elected Green MP reopening the abortion debate, which is quite interesting because... How can you possibly say that there's zero chance except by possibly silent? Like you wouldn't say it's very unlikely they could have said, but if they say there's zero chance, that means 
that their MPs would be silenced, which goes right against what Elizabeth May yeah, essentially exactly. said. So it's just funny that this is the cultural climate of Canada where they're, they're, they're assuming, well, nobody's going to get voted in now, not even Elizabeth May in our one seat, if people think that there's a possibility of us reopening the abortion debate. So they immediately um, uh, backpedal on that. So here's one of the things I wanted here. The first question I'm going to ask you, I guess, Chris, is do you think as Christians, we have the Christian liberty to vote for whoever we want? Christian liberty to vote for whoever we want. Right. No, I would. I would. We say, talk about Christian liberty, right? Whether it's in regards to alcohol or, or you know, what movies we watch or whatever. And we all recognize there's a line somewhere. So I'm saying, obviously, Christian liberty. There's no command in Scripture of like, "Thou shall vote for the conservatives." Um, but do you think Christian? This is one of those areas of Christian liberty. And so, if there's somebody in our church who is voting NDP, somebody who's voting Green, somebody who's voting Liberal, somebody who's voting Conservative, that you just think that's an a moral matter and it falls under the license of Christian liberty. <laughs> no, I no, I don't. Then, all right. Um, so here, here's how here's how I would say it is. I, I would say you can vote if if all parties were equal, or if all parties had platforms that we could debate and say these are these are all debatable issues. Like, yep. um, I would say yes, you could vote for whoever you would want in that situation as long as you could biblically biblically justify it. But there is no there is no such thing as a sphere that isn't under Christ's kingdom, which also means there isn't a sphere of our lives that we're not Christians in. Right. Which means I would say, no, you don't as a, as a, as a, as a professing Christian, you don't have liberty to vote for whoever you want because every single person you vote for is supposed to be representing you in, in politics. So therefore their beliefs and their, and their platform needs to be the closest representation of what you believe. So therefore I would say, I'll just, I'm not the yeah, pastor of our church, so I can gladly say it. I would say, <laughs> I would say, I would say you were in sin. If you vote for the liberals, I would say you were in sin. If you vote for the NDP, I would say you were in sin. If you vote for the green party, I would say you're in sin for voting for somebody who very advocately opposes, like pushes abortion, pushes, an anti-gospel message mm-hmm. of the LGBT community. Um, I would say you're, you're morally responsible for the, for what they do because you're voting for them. Right. Um, so, so, uh, and I, so I'm glad you <laughs> said that. You, no, no, you went exactly, uh, you went exactly where I thought you would and where I hoped you would because, um, so, and because I think oftentimes Christians and I certainly get, so I, I just got in the mail today at the church um, a, uh, a, a sheet of paper from, it's called the Campaign Life Voters Guide for the 2019 federal election. Um, and they have all the ridings in uh, Ontario and uh, the pro-life candidates in those particular ridings. Hmm. And, uh, and uh, there was somebody in my office when this was handed to me, and they made a comment about being a one-issue voter, right? And, and it was interesting because... That's what Christians so often get. A, we, get we, we get accused of being one issue voters. Do you think it's okay to be a one issue voter? Yes, I would. I would like. Right. I, I would. Ha- I would have to say yes because I think. I think in in Canada, I don't. I don't think there is that many issues that are that are like actually on the table to be debated. Right. Um, so if you give me all of the issues, I would say no, like honestly, you should probably be more educated than one vote. Like who sides with who's the anti-abortion can, uh, candidate. I'll vote for them. 
No, you should be a little, we should be good stewards. We should understand our candidates more than that. But if they all agree on everything else and there is one issue that divides them, then yes, I would vote on that one issue. Um, But I don't think, my thing with abortion is that I don't think it's, (laughs) I I couldn't morally say you could be a Christian and vote for somebody who supports abortion. So therefore I would have to be like, it's, it's more than just one issue. It's not an issue at all. It's life or death. Right. So I would say if, all of our candidates supported abortion. I wouldn't vote for any of them. Right. Um, I would mark my ballot. But so, if so, yeah, I would say it, yes. But yeah, no, I, I hear you, and I, I, I'm, I'm with you on that. I think that um, as Christians, I don't think we have the freedom to vote for a candidate who um, vocally supports. Like I, I do think a Christian who votes for Justin Trudeau, who is um, the most radically pro-choice uh, prime minister we've ever had. Um, like he's not just he's not just um, pro-choice. He's pro-abortion, right? To the point where he f- he's fired people in his party who don't toe the party line on this particular topic. Um, I don't think a Christian can, in good conscience, vote for him. And and I think Christians, all, all kinds of Christians, make the you know they'll they'll either minimize abortion. Or they'll say we don't really know, or we, or they'd say, well, I take all these things into account, including how he treats the poor and social welfare and all that kind of stuff. And not only do I have a different view of of the help or hindrance that social welfare is to our culture, beyond any of that, I don't even want to get into the other uh, debates. Can you vote for somebody who wants to see more children killed? No, I don't think you can as a Christian. And so. And this and the way this trickles down into the states, I mean, I get I get it. Trump is immoral. Trump is a is a is a horrible man. Um, and, you know, I, I think that there are lots of Christians who might need to check their conscience on whether or not they can even vote for Trump. But that aside, you certainly cannot vote for any of the Democratic uh, n- nominees right now because they are all radically pro-abortion, yeah. not 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 pro-choice, pro-abortion. Um, and, and as Canadians, we have to recognize $350 million of our federal budget goes to actually performing abortions outside of Canada in countries where they've raised up godly enough leaders that, that haven't allowed abortion. I know Ireland has just had a referendum and that's not good, but there are still, um, and Northern Ireland is being forced to do it. Are they? So they don't, they didn't vote their, their own political. It's a very, it's different. It's It's really weird over there. Um, but their house has not legalized it but because they're technically under the government of the uk the uk says they have to do it and so like ten thousand people marched yesterday in northern ireland or yesterday as of recording in northern ireland protesting that but like um their leaders aren't even (laughs) even, cnn didn't show that of course not (laughs) yeah um um, so i think you know the one thing and and this is um john piper has a quote where he says um in in a hundred years, people will look back on this generation with the same level of disgust that they um, that they looked at those who were in favor of the slave trade. Yeah, the quote the quote is actually um, about just specifically about the Christians of this time period. Is it? And it's like yeah. so like in a hundred years, the um, people will look back at the Christians of this time period with the same level of disgust uh, as we look back on the Christians who were sl- who lived during the slave trade time and didn't. Stop do anything it, about it right um so and and i think that's interesting yeah i, I do think that's interesting and so 
you know, there's a whole lot of Christians who would probably mock us, who would get upset with us because, oh, we're one issue voters and, you know, you can't get past this one thing and there's so many more issues and blah, 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 blah. Um, but would any of those people, because generally if you're saying that you're, you're pretty socially left in, at least within the realm of evangelical Christian Christianity, you're, you're left, left of center in that, in that demographic, um, they would they would they look back at uh, the Christians who are saying during the slave trade you have you cannot vote for somebody who's pro slavery you should not vote for somebody who is not willing to abolish human slavery would they would they be willing to to look back and say was it okay to be a one issue voter then <laughs> because because the reality is far more children have died by forceps in North America than ever died through uh, human slave trade as awful as it was. Um, so th- I think it is okay to be sort of a one issue voter in this particular instance, because I think abortion really is the major cultural um, problem right now. And and there's other stuff, LGBT, like there's, you know, uh, drag queen story hour. It's all bad stuff. What's happening in the public school systems, but Christians can combat all that stuff. Don't drop your kids off at the public library for drag queen hour. Don't send your kids to public school. Like there's, lo- there's lots of solutions for that. Um, the solution here is you do not vote for, you do not support, support, and you vocally, um, uh, speak against any politicians who wouldn't reopen this abortion debate. So let's get a little deeper here. So now you get to a guy like Andrew Scheer, who is the conservative party leader, for those of you who don't know. He is personally pro-life, but has went on record to say he will not reopen the abortion debate. Can we vote for him? I, I would say no. Um, I would, I, again, things have to, just got more interesting. <laughs> I, I, I would have to say no. Right. Um, because it, it's interesting because of his wording. If like, I would say, I think we could vote for him if his wording was like, I'm, I'm personally pro-life. Um, not me, but like, industry. if he's like, I'm personally pro-life, but if my party wanted to reopen this debate and my constituents want to me reopen this, but I will submit to them as their servant, which is what politicians are supposed to be and reopen it. But he said, I will not, which means as the party leader, he is ultimately is, is terrible. The word sound, he's kind of sovereign over his party. Right. Um, so what ends up happening is if he says, I won't, I'm shutting it down. Even if that, that implies, even if his constituents who vote for him, want him to do, not do it, he won't do it. So I would say no. Now I know the flip side of this argument, which I know is coming because the devil's advocate argument, I hear it all the, sing, all the time about it. Well, if you vote for him, you might stop Trudeau. Right. I don't, I don't vote. I, like, I don't think we can morally vote for somebody who's not stopping the thing that we need stopped. Right. Um, if all things were considered and, and I, I basically look at the like issues in politics as majors and minors, Right now, the uh, abortion is the major. Right. If that was gone, if that wasn't on the table, if that wasn't on the table, it was defeated already, and all we were looking at is the minors. Yep. Then I would say, absolutely, we can play that game. We can play that. Let's just stop the guy who's the worst evil. Right. So that we can combat and change and and hopefully raise up. But we have a major issue on the table, and that major issue is that we don't have laws in Canada for abortion. Right. We're killing our children. We're at a record pace. Yeah. And there's party members, there's other parties who are going to push this farther. Like Trudeau is going to take this global. Yes. And so I, I don't, but I, but I, but, but 
I'm morally obligated to the fact that I can't vote for Andrew, Andrew Scheer, in my opinion, me personally, can't vote for him because he won't reopen the debate. Right. I need somebody who will speak for me in this, in this okay. issue. Okay, so, so and, and for all of our American listeners, you might not know the names, but I mean, you guys have uh, political leaders who would match these characters, right? Like, that's the point here. So, okay, so let me throw another name at you. Maxim Bernier. Maxim Bernier. <laughs> this is the one that kills yeah. me. So Maxim Bernier, right? Um, immoral guy, right? Uh, record, record. Uh, you know, it's recorded of uh, him like cheating on his wife and illicit biker chick connections and like, you know, some super sketchy stuff. Apparently he's a big fan of Jordan Peterson, right? He goes to a lot of the Jordan Peterson presentations and stuff like that. Ideologically, I would say that he's... Um, he seems the closest to what I would say policy-wise we should be going for, right? He's, he's relatively libertarian, right? He's all about personal responsibility. He does have a sort of nationalism. Um, you know, he's, 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 he really is kind of comparable to Trump in that he's an immoral guy, but he does a lot of r- traditionally conservative things and has kind of traditionally conservative ideas definitely a fiscal conservative talking about paying down the the debt and stuff like that which is all stuff that we need to do um and then socially is willing he's actually gone on record to say that um he actually thinks that abortion is not settled law right that he actually thinks that this is a debate that if reopened we would be shocked at how many canadians are pro-life um, so he has talked about wanting to reopen this. Um, and and then, of course, you know, we haven't really talked about other policies with other leaders, so it, it wouldn't be fair to do that. What about a guy like Maxim Bernier? Not a Christian, immoral man, doesn't acknowledge King Jesus, but will reopen an abortion debate. Yeah, I would. I would. I will vote for him. Interesting. Um, so I, I like currently as, yeah. it, as it stands um, in my in my writing, there isn't. There's an individual, uh, Canada's different. Let me just for our American, we don't vote for the leader. We vote for their party. So yeah. we actually vote the for constitu- so- or their, their, uh, representative in our riding. Yeah. So yeah. kind of, we vote, we kind of vote for the Senator and the person who wins the most senators gets to be our Basically, president. Yeah. Um, unlike how it works in the States. Um, we don't, we don't have somebody in our riding who I actually think is going to represent me better than Paul on a national Mm. scale that, that can even remotely have a chance to get in power. Right. Um, not that in my, in my area, like it's going to matter at all, but I, I will vote for Maxim Marine because he will do the things that I want, that I think are needed to be done. Specifically what I'm talking about is he's going to, he wants, he will be okay to reopen the abortion issue. I'm going to make myself look like a complete and utter to half our people are, are going to hate what I'm about to say. I think Trump's done a fantastic job. So if oh, you look, yeah, if you yeah. look at the, if you look at what he said he was going to do versus for, I'm looking from a Christian world worldview. I, I don't disagree with a lot of what he's done. I, right. I think he's a terrible human. Yes. I didn't vote for him as on the basis of his morality as a human though. You didn't vote for him at all. You're Canadian, but sure. I hear you. Um, but I didn't. But I, I, vo- I voted for him based on his platform, and I think I think we need to stop necessarily linking those two things so as much as we do. Mm. I think there's I think there's danger in I think there's danger in both both things. I th- I don't think we can unlink it because what you've reaped before you're likely to reap again. Right. Um, but also at the same time, I don't think we can completely cut somebody off if they've made mistakes in the past. Right. So for, for instance, Obama, who I think was a terrible politician, yep. squeaky clean. 
Yeah. At the time. Yeah. Now it's like, <laughs> oh, he might actually be leading the mafia. You know what I mean? Like, but it's one of those things where it's like the Clintons for legal, legal reasons, they look squeaky clean. They may be responsible for more deaths than anybody in history. Yeah. Some, um, somebody else just recently died. Did you see that? I, well, Epstein died a couple of weeks ago or a couple months ago. And yeah. Then, and then there was somebody else who was awaiting trial. Anyway, sorry. We're not, anyway, we, let's not, let's allegedly. not say, yeah, let's, let's not say anything. They got bigger fish to fry, but I'm still not saying anything on, uh, all, all, on a, on a recording. All I'm saying is like, there's, there, there is a time to like vote against somebody's moral, moral character. Yeah. But there are, there's also times to realize, okay, well, they're all sending people that like, I can't, I can't say, right. I can't say Shear's a moral man any more than Max right. and Bernie is a moral man. More the the difference is Max and Bernie is actually going to voice what I want voiced in politics. Right. And so it's interesting. So what you're saying, because what's interesting is Elizabeth May, who just talked about her abortion views, right, that she believes in safe legal abortion. Um, she described Jesus as her hero. Right. So she claims to be a Christian, but she's pro-abortion. Um, and then yeah, you have, see, a guy, I don't think that can be a thing. right. Andrew Shear, right. Andrew Shear. Now, now he's a little different because he claims to be a Christian. He says he's personally pro, uh, life, but he won't reopen the debate. So either he's a coward, right? Literally, let, like, let's just say it like it is. He's either a coward or he's just saying what he thinks his people want to hear, but really he is pro choice because he's not willing to reopen it. So he's either a coward or he's lying. So he's either a liar or yeah, a coward. Fair. Um, Max Bernier, immoral person, decidedly not a Christian, but will actually um, at least try to make headway, try to make progress in what we would say is the most pressing issue of our day. And herein, I guess, lies, um, just an FYI, I just looked up while you were chatting there, um, in, L- in London West where we are, there is a, a, a People's Party of Canada a pro-life candidate named uh, Michael McMullen. Yeah, I, th- I think I have his little... Um, Jacques Boudreau, who's from the Libertarian Party, is a good Christian guy too. But, I mean, Libertarian Party is definitely not going to win. Not that the People's Party will either, but anyway. Sorry, we're getting off track <laughs> in, here. In, we're our, off track. in our writing, it's yeah. not going to matter at all, but um, yeah. we live in a very liberal part of the world. Yep. Um, um, I guess my question then is, how important then... So we've just dis- we've just kind of in a nutshell discussed in our local context, or I guess our national context... Um, what part of the problem with voting is you're voting for either an immoral person who's going to do the things that you think are moral policies, or you're going to vote for a, a, a moral person who's making immoral policies, or you're going to vote for the guy who doesn't have a bad track record, who um, is just better at hiding his crap. You know, like there's all of these things and we have, we have, you know, well, f- this is the 43rd federal election, which means 43 times four. That's how many years we just had our Canada 150. So over 150 years of uh, Canadian politics where we've learned in 150 years that you can't trust politicians. So I say all that to say, how important is all this? Uh, it's, it's very important um, because it's, it's very important. On one hand, it's because they they we are to submit to their to their rule. Romans thirteen tells us um, to submit to our leaders. To they're going to govern us. They're, they are raised up by God to do that. Right. Um, so therefore, I want people to monitor me, who reflect God's law. Right. How important eternally though? Not at all. Okay. King- so you just <laughs> so- you just kind of answered 
You just you just kind of paraphrase one of my favorite quotes in any movie. Do you remember the movie Kingdom of God? Yes, of it's a movie you and I love that so many people don't. We like no one else. We likes. like it. Orlando Bloom. Um, He's underrated. Underrated. I agree. So Liam Neeson also. He's great. Great. Um, so Kingdom of God is um, it's about Jerusalem during the time of the Crusades when um, the the Muslims come and retake Jerusalem. And uh, and so at the end, you get this, uh, you get Salah Hadin, and he's having a conversation with Orlando Bloom's character, who is a knight defending Jerusalem. And the two of them have a conversation. And it's kind of like two enemy generals kind of having this. And uh, and uh, Orlando Bloom's character says to Salah Hadin, he says, what is Jerusalem worth? Do you remember this part? It's right yeah, near the yeah, end. I can't remember. And, he, and Salah Hadin, he turns around and he, and he goes, nothing. And then he turns around, takes two steps forward. And then he turns around and he kind of shrugs and he goes, and everything. I love that line. Uh, other great lines in the movie that I won't get into because we'll digress very quickly. But the point being is that what are um, national politics and elections worth? Everything and nothing, right? Everything because these are the people who are going to put the policies in place that govern your country. Your children will be raised in a society run by either Maxim Bernier, Andrew Scheer, Justin Trudeau, whomever, right? Either Donald Trump or, or Joe Biden or Bernie Sanders or whomever. The point is it matters a lot because these people actually the way the way you know a leader goes, oftentimes so goes the country. So it, everything. But also nothing, because Jesus sits on the throne, Jesus is sovereign, he is in control, and he's promised, God swore in Numbers 14, that the knowledge of his glory would cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. So regardless of whether the kings of the earth in Psalm 2 bow the knee to King Jesus or not, it's foolishness, and the king of heaven laughs in derision at them, (laughs) because he set his king, his holy one, on Zion's hill, and he's ruling the nations of men. And all of this is going according to God's sovereign will. So it matters very little in that we have to have eternity in mind and recognize Jesus sits on the throne. And at the end of the day, Christianity wins, whether Trump wins or Biden wins, whether Trudeau wins or Bernier wins or Scheer wins. Whoever wins an election does not dethrone Jesus and does not thwart the plans of God, right? Amen. Amen. But it still matters. And so Christians don't have the option of throwing up their hands and saying, well, Jesus is on the throne because God also uses rulers for his sovereign purposes. Now, God can use wicked rulers. And I think, honestly, I would agree with you in that. I think we're seeing him use Trump, a wicked ruler, in some very good ways. I think he's done some good things. But one of the things that Trump did that at the time we praised him for was put Kavanaugh on the Supreme Court. That hasn't worked out so well for us. Why? Exactly. Because we put our faith in a person, right? And I think you see that throughout Scripture, the moment, and this this even happens when Israel demands a king and they get and God uh, gives them Saul, right? And God's giving his people a king was a condemnation on them because what they should have wanted was him to be their king. And at the end of the day, Jesus will be king, and is king, but we still live in this in this world where there are policymakers that will affect the way you buy groceries and the price you pay for those groceries and the way in which you are or are not allowed to homeschool your children, the kinds of vaccines you have to give your children, yada, yada, yada. So it matters, but 
it doesn't thwart God's eternal purposes. And I think if Christians, and this kind of comes back to something that we've been talking about, at least over the last couple of weeks when we're talking about rebel news, is the Christian worldview is one that should allow security and patience, right? God's plans can't be thwarted. He's sovereign. He's in control. We should have more security than anybody else because whether Trump gets elected or Biden gets elected, Jesus Christ still sits on the throne over top of them and he is sovereign. Amen. Um, So... Politics matter. You should follow politics. You should think through these things. And just to kind of wrap up a bow on those things, I think that ideally you're looking for Christians who bow the or politicians who bow the knee to King Jesus. The problem is you can't trust anything politicians say. So regardless of who they say they support, as Christians, I think we're called to judge a tree by its fruit. Now, part of that fruit is their moral character. You don't not take that into account. But another part is what are the policies that they make? And you have to weigh both of those things as you're deciding Amen. who it is to vote for. And uh, and so I do think that there is some level of Christian liberty that this falls under, but I don't think that you're free as a Christian to make immoral choices with your vote and with your ballots um, because of, quote unquote, you know, hashtag Christian liberty. So um, there are real issues. There are real children being killed in the womb. That's a huge priority, and I think as Christians, we need to uh, approach the voting booth as Christians, talk about um, politics during these election seasons as Christians. Yeah, that's exactly. And if, you're, if, you, if, you, if you disagree with the fact that we think that these are linked issues, because I know there are, there are still people, I had somebody recently say, no, the separation, like church and state are not the same thing. Ugh. I can't remember what episode it was. It was a while ago. Go back and listen to our our episode of Joe Boot about two kingdom theology. Yes. Listen to our follow up episode of talking about that. There is like we've said it hundreds of times. There's no neutrality. Right. There's no sphere that you shouldn't be playing out your Christian faith in, and that includes decisions you make at the ballot box. Yeah. And if you're um, a Christian who believes in the separation of church and state, just re- remember the ideology is first and foremost an ideology that Christians came up with. <laughs> it was the Puritans who talked about the separation of church and state. But what they never talked about was the, the distinction between religion and state, right? And if you're a Christian who thinks that re- your religion, your beliefs, your religious beliefs have no place in politics, I hate to tell you, you're the only one who believes that. Exactly. Trudeau doesn't believe that. Muslims don't believe that. Secular humanists don't believe that. Atheists don't believe that. You're the only one who's been duped by that. Yeah. All right. Um, Check out rebelalliancemedia.com, patreon.com slash rebelalliance. If you want to give back to the show, we'll see you next week. Mm